0: You're listening to IoT Emerge, your place for information and conversation about the Internet of Things. I'm your host, Bebe Jackson. Our guest this episode is Brenna Berman, Chief Information Officer for the City of Chicago. When we sat down, I asked her first about her career path and to where she is now.
1: I actually spent years at IBM working with cities all over the world, helping them use technology to achieve their policy goals and and engage better with their residents. And when Mayor Emanuel was elected back in 2011, I had the opportunity to come back home to Chicago and, and work in his new exciting administration. So it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up.
0: That's great. So tell me, um, how have you seen Chicago change? And has this been led by IoT or the Internet of Things? Um, What other aspects of technology?
1: Really for the mayor and, and his administration and my team, a lot of the change from a technology perspective is driven by data. Um, Mm -hmm. He has a strong data focus that we share in this department to use data to be more um, data driven and informed in our decision making, to use data to support the mayor's commitment to transparency. Um, And to use data to really engage with our residents, one way that we engage with our residents to help them understand how we're using their taxpayer dollars to make government more efficient um, and to really bring them better services. So for us, a lot of the technology change in Chicago starts with the data, which does tie right into IoT because, you know, as you know, data is at the foundation of good IoT solutions as well.
0: Yes. Isn't that interesting? I feel like a couple of years ago, um, big data and cloud kind of sizzled out a little bit. And in this past year, it's popped back up. It seems to be merging as another hot topic and something to really consider with technology.
1: Well, I feel like maybe it went a little bit quiet while all of us were actually working through those implementations, (laughs) right? You have to go from the hype of all the early commercials to actually doing the work and getting the implementations to to actually work for your customers or your clients, whoever they might be. Um, So we, like a lot of of organizations, whoever you might be, we're working through cloud implementations, through, you know, new types of databases and using data for predictive analytics and other kinds of advanced analytic models. We've gotten pretty good at that here in Chicago. Um, So IoT was a really obvious next step. Um, But we are really careful here in Chicago that no matter what you know, kind of crazy advanced technology terms we're throwing around here in the IT department that every every pilot we take on, every project we implement has a really clear value proposition for the departments that we serve and the residents that are ultimately the beneficiary of the work that we do.
0: Chicago is one of the foremost smart cities. Um, out of the U.S. And so can you share with our listeners maybe something more specific about how the city is using IoT to make improvements and become a smart city and a real leader in that?
1: Sure. So I think two of the best examples um, that I would point out, um, one is a project around smart green infrastructure, um, which we are piloting in several locations now in Chicago to help us understand changes in rain patterns and how they um, drive flooding in several of our neighborhoods. Um, It's been a, flooding has been a challenge in Chicago for several years now and one we've really been trying to wrap our arms around. You can imagine how devastating it is to, you know, have an intense rainstorm and have that rainwater back up into your basement, right, destroying memorabilia, furniture, wreaking havoc on your household. So it's really a problem that the city wants to get ahead of. The challenge has been understanding how that water is really overwhelming our combined water-sewer system, why that's happening, where it's happening, to cause that flooding. So Mm -hmm. to do that, we've actually installed... A couple different kinds of what's called green infrastructure, which can range from permeable pavement to special kinds of plantings that actually capture the water and prevent it from going into the rain system um, or the sewer system. And these things called bioswales, which are these kind of large hills that have clay and other kinds of natural, um, natural soils in them that capture the rainwater and prevent it from immediately going into the sewer system. Um, so there are different natural types of um, natural types of additions to the built environment to slow down the amount of rainfall that goes into the sewer system. Um, But they're relatively expensive solutions to the problem, so we want to make sure that they're effective. So to do that, when we were installing them, we also added sensors and a secure network to transmit the data collected by the sensors to a central management console. And because of those sensors and the management console, we're able to track the effectiveness of those green infrastructure solutions to see exactly how much how much water these different types of installations are collecting, how effective they are, and exactly where flooding is happening in Chicago in relation to the rainfall, how effective these solutions are in preventing Um, that flooding and exactly which solutions we should replicate in which areas of Chicago. So that's one way that we're using IOT to really tackle a real-life problem of flooding here in the city. So it's pretty exciting. It's early days. We're about a year into the pilot. We have another year to go before we can make any hard decisions about um, how to roll out more of these green infrastructure solutions. So that's one example. Um, The second example, and and a favorite here in Chicago, is the Array of Things, uh, which is a a combination of the Internet of Things and an array telescope for uh, any astronomy buffs that are listening to the podcast. And what that is is a series of sensors that are being installed today out on um, traffic poles. There's sensors around air quality, sensors around other environmental factors like light intensity and humidity, Um, sensors around air particulates, um, some cameras to capture information about movements around traffic and pedestrians through the city, and some sensors to capture sound in the city. And essentially we're capturing more data about Chicago and about our environment and movements around the city than we've ever had before. There'll be 500 of these nodes, as we call them, across Chicago by the end of 2018. Um, and it'll give us more data to understand how the city behaves and reacts than we've ever had before. And we'll use that data in in any number of ways. All the data will be public, so researchers can use it to study things like urban asthma. The city will use it to better manage traffic and ground conditions. Um, And all of the data, because it will be public on the city's data portal, residents can use it to help support things that they might be dealing with in their community, like noise pollution in some of our trendy neighborhoods on a Saturday night. So we expect that data to be an incredibly valuable source of information to support researchers, um, city service providers like the Department of Transportation, and uh, residents themselves as they manage issues in their community.
0: Wow, those are both incredible projects. Those just sound absolutely fascinating. And so I've got a couple of questions. Let's go back to the first example that you used um, in terms of the, you know, the bio soil and the smart green infrastructure. So are you guys seeing a different approach and an evolution in your municipal regulations? So we expect
1: that to be a possibility. We didn't need to make any changes in regulation for that one to put the pilot in place, but mm-hmm. you can see how um, the results from a pilot like that could lead to a change either in how we maintain our water sewer system, perhaps as we understand its performance better, or in how we install um, street landscaping to include different kinds of plants that might help manage rainfall better. Um, so you can see how the results of that type of pilot, which includes a- uh, IoT sensors, how the data from that could inform either city policy decisions, regulations, or even municipal code.
0: I mean security is such a big deal in regulation and so then again with example two we are talking about your array of things and having a series of sensors and nodes um throughout the city on these traffic poles what type of you know governance policies are you seeing with that sure so that's a great question
1: um so the first one the first example certainly doesn't really have any security implications or privacy implications because we're not we're collecting data about water, um, and right. not about people. <laughs> and In the second one, in the second one, one, we were very careful in the security design of the instrument itself, so that all of the images that are captured are actually destroyed. That's one of the key elements of its design in terms of how the security of the instrument supports the privacy um... the privacy protocols that we wanted to achieve the other thing that's interesting about the design of that is we put a very strong privacy um... privacy policy in place that is actually available online um, and the Array of Things website that actually explains only what it will do, not what it won't do. So it's a very prescriptive privacy policy, um, and that was vetted actually with the public, both uh, through online comments and in public sessions. So we're trying to develop a um, sort of a public culture around privacy and security as we roll out more IoT um, pilots and projects here in Chicago, where our public understands what we're doing, where they feel, you know, empowered to engage in the project and come and talk to us about them. Um, and then there's a governance committee that is just getting underway as we move from pilot to program management around the array of things that has positions on it both for um, an alderman, which you know is our city council here in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. and for a public member themselves to. Um, partake in the governance policy around that, which includes overseeing the privacy policy for the array of things. So um, you know it's a learning process, but we think so far that we've done a pretty good job, both through the security of how the data is managed and the privacy policy um, in how that was developed for the array of things.
0: Great. And going back earlier, you mentioned that you'd been with IBM for for many years before moving over so when we talk about this privacy and as you know organizations have to adapt and mature with it and and different questions will be asked and grow as iot grows do you see a difference of maybe how the private sector um, embraced regulations and security and dealt with privacy versus how you know the public sector is how municipals are doing so
1: um, I do think there's a difference in how the public sector needs to deal with security and privacy than how the private sector may think about it. It's certainly a an ongoing challenge for both groups, but mm-hmm. in the public sector, and something we take very seriously here in Chicago, we we maintain the, or we, we are mindful of and are attempting to maintain the public trust. So while we may implement solutions with very strong security um, and keep in mind, you know, the public trust in, in the development of our privacy policies. We are, you know, the stewards of data on behalf of the public, which is very different when, than when you're implementing a solution as a private sector company for your private sector customers that are purchasing a solution for you, right? We're putting solutions in place for the entire public that are, are likely in the public way. So it's just a different standard of responsibility that here mm-hmm. in Chicago, and I know for many of my colleagues in other cities, that we take very, very seriously, and and also, our, and that is also why, especially in the case of the Array of Things, why we hosted so many public sessions both to to help explain the project to the public and to gather their feedback um, around the project so that they um, understood that they were you know, a partner in that project and felt heard and so we could hear the comments that they had about that project.
0: Now, speaking of public and um You know, putting things out there, you recently tweeted that Women in Tech Foundation saying that 60% of the people in tech in Chicago are women. And I don't know if you know this, Brenna, but women in IoT is my little pet project that is really growing and taking off. Um, How do you think the city is able to achieve this gender skew? Because it is quite unique. Oh, that's actually a really good question.
1: I mean, we we're always hiring, you know, with a mind towards the best skills, and I think if you're if you're mindful in your hiring, and are looking for for those best skills based on people's experience and their willingness to bring those skills to the table, and if you um, if you approach your hiring in a way um, in a way that looks for strong skills from a variety of backgrounds um, as opposed to just looking for those skills in some of the traditional, you know, sources of hiring. You can actually find the skills that you need from a variety of backgrounds. And I think that it's been proven time and time again that the strongest, um, that the strongest focus on innovation comes from, um, you know, the most colorful of, of teams. So um, we we focus on that here in the city. And we have a very, very diverse department, both from a racial perspective, and from, you know, a gender perspective. And that gives us the strongest outcomes. So that's how we approach our hiring.
0: And you guys collaborate quite a bit. Is that right? It seems like sh- the city of Chicago is a hotbed for incubators and collaboration.
1: Yes, that's very true. Um, I I don't know that we've delivered a single project that actually didn't include a collaboration, and, and actually some very unique collaborations. So the Array of Things is a collaboration between the University of Chicago and the Argonne National Laboratory, um, and and that would not have happened without that collaboration, and it's funded by the National Science Foundation, so without those key partners that project certainly wouldn't have gotten off the ground. Um, it's also, I think, important to note that the key design elements of that project were done by the School of the Art Institute. So. Um, really, really interesting partnerships to bring that idea to fruition. And then the first project that I talked about, the Green Infrastructure Project, comes out of a smart cities accelerator based here in Chicago called City Digital, which is, again, a really interesting model where the city works together with corporate and startup partners to co-develop technologies that we then commercialize for sale across the world. Um, I think it's fair to say that a lot of cities, Chicago's not alone in this, aren't going to have endless resources just to buy and build these technologies from scratch. Um, that we're going to need to partner with universities, large corporations, small corporations, nonprofits, and philanthropies to work together to build new technologies to solve the challenges that cities are really struggling with. And and it's only through really unique partnerships that we're going to actually bring innovative technologies um, to the forefront. So those collaborations I think are actually the most exciting um, output of the work that
0: we're doing today. That's it for us this time on IOT Emerge. I'm your host BB Jackson. Join us next episode.